0: Welcome to Glass Onion minute. I'm your host Adil Kirji, and I'm joined this week by Darren Husted. Hello. Um so we are on minute 117 which is time code 015600 to 015659. So, our minute starts uh so just a recap we ended yesterday's minute with Benoit saying furthermore you have a loaded gun and we catch this minute starting off with Visually, the gun falling into the ice bucket because it was sort of half flung, at the at the if we if we we're precise about our timing about the seconds. A
1: different type of ice bucket challenge, one
0: might say. <laughs> oh, I like that. Um, and Benoit continues, conveniently within reach. Cut to Miles, um, um,
1: and the lights had even
0: been turned. Off. And then we cut to Benoit now with his coat on because we're in a flashback in the glass onion room saying you've you have taken seven people each of whom has a real life reason to wish you harm gathered
1: them together on a remote island and placed the idea of your murder in their heads
0: it's like putting a loaded gun on the table and turning off the lights and then we cut back to benoit astonished slightly defeated shaking his head bringing his hand to his forehead
1: you dimwitted brainless jackass
0: Miles, we cut to Miles with a half smirk and cut back to Benoit.
1: You're one murder with any panache at all. And you stole the whole idea
0: from me. And his hand is like, I'm not doing the acting justice. His hand is super tense by the end of it. It's like a claw. Um... And then we see a replay of the murder of Helen through the window. Um, and then we cut back to Lionel, who is giving a sad nod. It's a nice tight shot. Um, and then Lionel says, And after all that, you, you still kept the envelope. Incredulously. And that's the brief description of the minute. It's, it's, a, it's a, a juicy one, but I would say, uh, from my opinion, it's, it's a nice transitory one between two great minutes where a little more happens. But what did you think of this one? Yeah, I I think it's funny
1: because you know remembering seeing it for the first time, it's like, you know, we've had we've had kind of basically minute after minute at this point like three or four of them where Benoit Blanc is basically saying to Miles, "You're an idiot because you don't know like inbrethiater is not a word, and it's not the Ionian Sea, and it like he like his constant like oh you're an idiot," and it's been bugging me like. It's not the murder that's that's been bugging him all weekend, you know, as as it was meant to be planned. It's it's literally, or even you know, the the box that I think it's funny because he he lied to Miles saying, oh, you know, it was like a simple thing, you know, like I just opened it without like it, like he made out like it was a very simple set of puzzles that he solved, but obviously he didn't open it up. It was just smashed up by. Oh, I didn't. Of course, yeah. I didn't even pick up on that. He never saw the
0: puzzles. <laughs> no, so but or if he did, it's because he like tried to make them up back up. Well,
1: right? I, I think it's because like he he saw them in smashed pieces, so he kind of could figure yep. out. Oh, it's a puzzle box. So the fact that he's like, oh yeah, some you ch child's puzzles that were like, so he's he's basically, uh, you know, at that point Baiting. making Miles feel stupid. And obviously, he solved the crime so quickly that again, that makes Miles feel stupid because, like, every, up until this point, we've had Benoit unloaded on him, and then as he's saying that, like, telling everybody basically, this is the this is the the murder that was planned by Miles. He then realizes, and it's a great moment where he's like, "You didn't even plan that. That was me. I told I told you that." And you know, and it's funny because earlier, when the light when the lights are about to go off, and Miles is all like, "Everyone's trying to kill me." He does kind of say out loud, you know, oh, I thought it'd be fun if the lights went off. But the thing is, when you think of the murder that was planned, you know, by um, the writer of Gone Girl, whose name escapes me at this moment in time. Um, if you if you if you think of that mystery, it doesn't require the lights to go off. Like there's no. no point for the Like if you think about how it was laid out, like Benoit told you everything in 30 seconds at no point does that need the lights to go out? Like the arrow is meant to hit Miles in plain view. He's like, he's meant to die in front of everyone and then everyone goes around the mm-hmm. island and finds all the clues. And there's no point to the lights going out to, for that mystery. It doesn't make any sense at all. Um,
0: yeah, he, he's only done it post facto. Yeah, he's he's, he's
1: he's put it in because far away. Yeah, he's, he's, pl- he's now planning a different murder because he's realized what was going on with you know andy who's you know now helen because he's you know he saw you know duke's thing so he he has to quickly plan how to kill duke but then he was also already planning to kill andy who Mm -hmm. obviously is helen by having the lights go out and giving himself five minutes to try and find her and kill her using duke's gun and again like that's the idea that comes from blank and the fact that he realizes that miles didn't even plan that is kind of funny it's like nothing has been planned like by miles, and again, it's just once. Once more, obviously, he gets a chance. Like you say, he calls him some names again and t- tells him
0: how stupid it is for like the fifth or sixth time. And and in this right, so uh, he goes like, to, like in it, like you said, it's so obvious that he he's. This is the moment where we're seeing him figuring things out real time, and not explaining things to people that he's figured out. Yeah, uh, and it's this moment of wait. Oh. <laughs> yeah why did heavens, and he can't even say heavens to bet betsy right which is what he wants to say because he's going to interrupt himself because he's so pissed off at what he's just figured out that's heavens to Be- and just you dim-witted brainless jackass right like this is not like a oh you know the other ones were like i'm going to make you feel dumb because i'm going to tell you the facts that that show that you're dumb yeah this isn't a C, blah blah blah, right? He's he's demonstrating the dumbness via um, Miles's statements and actions, and this is just like, nope, I'm gonna call you names because I'm so I've just figured out how simple you are, and I'm just praising you for having some bit of a brain, and now I'm annoyed with myself a bit, but also really annoyed that you don't even have that simple brain, and I'm the one who did this murder, <laughs> yeah, for you because I I just said a thing and you ran with it like a dim-witted, brainless jackass. He's misusing another word. Like,
1: it's small things that you're like, well, yeah, some people do that. You know, there are, you know, we've ended up with a, a world where literally means the exact opposite because people are too stupid to use the correct use of it. So now in the dictionary, literally means both literal and figurative. And it's like, well, that's that's literally just... Dumb. That is Miles Braun dumb. But the funny thing is, like, you can kind of let some people off where it's like, oh, they said this word, but they meant that word. And, yeah, and, and you know, it's just, it's just him being like, I'm cleverer than Miles, but then so is everyone else. But also, like, why didn't Lionel pick up on this? He's meant to be, I would think, the most intelligent of the disruptors. He's the one who does an actual job. Like, why didn't Claire pick up on this? Like, she's a public speaker, but OK, there are some politicians out there who are a little bit dumb and some that are a yeah. lot dumb. So it's like, okay, maybe you wouldn't expect a politician to be, you know, that it just pick those things up. And Birdie wouldn't pick any of this up, and probably Duke wouldn't even know what half the things that he's saying, because a lot of the time during the film, Duke is not concentrating on anything Miles is talking about. He's mostly nope. concentrating on himself and standing and posing and, you know, shooting yeah. a gun or what. So, like, you don't expect people to pick up on these weird little vocal tics. But then, you know, after kind of haranguing miles about that which some people would be like you know who cares you know grammar police but then Mm. which always reminds me of the mitchell and webb sketch where (laughs) where where people make small mistakes and he starts shooting them with the gun um so like yeah okay so what you know it's it's, it's, it's you know it's just small mistakes who cares but then like in this case it's like you planned to kill a person and the only reason you had any idea of what to do was because I told you how to do it, and I told you that it would be a clear setup. Like, you've invited these people who want to kill you onto an island and then given them a gun, essentially, like metaphorically. Yeah. And so it's like, and then he's turned that into literally turning off the lights and, and getting a gun. Tur- and it's like, yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's such a, it's so well written. It's like, you know, it's just one of those things where, like, the exasperation that Benwell Blank feels as he figures this out is like the entire audience. You know, we are all Birdie in that moment where we're like, "Yeah, he he literally said that to him earlier, and now he's do- That's the thing he's done. So
0: I think what sells it basically the, the first five seconds of our minute are is like the score swelling. We're describing, you know, the gun has just been thrown in the bin, and now Miles is like posed against a window with the gun out, and we get the sense that he's. Now that the lights are out, he's going to go find the right spot to track Helen, or Andy Nay Helen, um, down. And we've got this, like, action-y score. And, and it swells, and then cuts off immediately, and we cut to this really tight shot of Benoit, and he's squinting, and his mouth is kind of open, and I, I don't know, it's like a slight grimace when he says, and, and the lights have been turned off. And that's that's the moment where you see something's going on in his head, and that's when the flashbacks scene starts. As the retelling of what's
1: happening goes on, we see like the little flashes of, you know, Miles takes the gun, you know, Miles swaps the glasses, mm-hmm. Miles points at Birdie, like all this. Throughout the last few minutes, all the flashbacks have mm-hmm. been like very clear. Like, we never saw them the first time. Like, as much as like, you know, the whole Andersons and Cooper's party thing is funny because. he he, you know when he says andy and it cuts it off and it says anderson cooper's party the first time around there's no andy there it's just and and then the second time we get the andy anderson's Cooper. like so you know uh, ryan johnson is cheating a little bit he did the same thing with the it's hugh hugh thing in in the in the previous film where really yeah the first time the first time it, it is it's you and then the second time when we see the flashback and blank reveals it, it it changes to its hue so there's two different takes so yeah so he cheats he cheated again here like you know some mystery people would be like well that's cheating like not fully giving you all the clues but you know um but I think it's funny that like effectively we're seeing like a kind of Each time, you know, the way that Blank is telling the story, we see kind of the mind's eye of like, oh, here's the here's the flashback to something we never seen, you know, the, the grabbing of the gun, dropping it into the ice bucket, you know, Miles standing there dramatically with the light kind of swishing across him as the lights are off. And then when we get the like revelation that, oh no, actually I told you this, when we get the flashback, it's like all of that kind of drama is gone and it's like, no, like this this retelling doesn't deserve this drama anymore. It's just stupidity now. And so it's like the yeah. flashback is now of you know him saying his own words and then he's, like, realising what's going on. So in his mind's eye, he's gone from telling this dramatic story of, like, oh, and then, of course, you saw this and then you took this gun and you did this. and the, Like, he's gone from that to just, oh, here's me telling him the idea. And they like, sat down at a table in the glass onion, just giving him the idea to do this.
0: Him. yeah it's really interesting because the um you have dynamic ish lighting because it's like that little loft area by the onion and you've got like but somehow the like dynamic shot that they use, which is like a slow pull in from most of uh Benoit sitting to just his sort of face and bust, just makes it plainer in the context of the like you said this transition from you know the, the 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 reverse shot that we didn't see of him pulling the gun out from the other angle when he was hugging Duke, then we see the throw of the the gun into the ice bucket, and then we see him grab it out of the ice bucket, and immediately right when the lights go down, he like does this like action movie hop over, crouch behind like what's essentially like a whiskey, like a liquor, um, cabinet storage word trolley like a you're the one with a podcast uh, about alcohol. Come on. Yeah, but it's beer. We put it in a fridge. We crack it. We put it in glasses. Uh, yeah, what is, I guess trolley. What do you call it? A whiskey cart? Yeah. A drinks cart? Yeah, a a drinks, drinks cart is yeah. the word I'm looking for. I think for.
1: drinks trolley. We would say over here, but yeah, like a drinks cart. That's that's what it is. Yeah,
0: um, and 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 then and then like you said, it's not even just that. It's the the next thing we see him is he's like pinned himself against the window, and 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 we've got like him like holding his arm uh, stretch across like uh, flat against the window such that the gun is the main focal point and use taking up much as much of the screen because just where the camera angle is. And this is a very dynamic implying thing. And then we get this like exchange mid revelation, right? Where it's like, he's like, um, they're both sitting kind of calmly in chairs and like, we have this like pull in, but it's just to show him talking. And at that moment in the film, that Poland's doing a totally different, I think it's the same shot. I think they do Poland, but I might be wrong. But at least, at least the tone of that scene when we first see it is like, what do you think you're doing? And like, it's like the, the emphasis on this, you're putting yourself in danger.
1: No, but it's like the first time round, it's effectively like it's the trailer line, isn't it? It's the line that they're going to put in the trailer. Yeah. Of like you've invited all these people to this island and then you've given them a loaded gun. Uh, you know, yeah. Obviously, if you've seeing that in the trailer, you don't know it's a metaphorical gun at that point. But yeah, it, like he's saying you've given them a, a gun. I think in the trailer he said that line and then there was a gun shot as well. So it's like, yeah, you're, you're yeah. giving yourself the trailer line. But then when you see it a second time, it's literally, it's a, you know, there's a little bit more of Edward Norton's face and it's like... Miles being like, well, wait there. Huh. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. I, ca- I can't get someone to, you know, I can't like pay someone 100 grand to write me a story now, but I can
0: just literally steal what you said. If you're in a room with a bunch of people and you don't want to be seen with a gun, don't make yourself flat against a wall holding the gun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The reason why that pose is okay is the lights are
1: off. As Benoit Blanc realizes that this plan was not dramatic the drama stops in terms of the way that it's shot by Ryan Johnson he's like nope. it's yeah
0: it's very very We smart. go
1: back to we go back to just a simple retelling of Benoit Blanc
0: saying what happened the the last half of the minute we have the replay of the actual shot on and then just because we cut to what looks like an almost first person shot of the very fancy gun in a hand we get a sense that we're in the person who's holding the gun's perspective yeah um and then they aim, they shoot, we get a, We now see the shadows move, and it smiles his face, and then we see the shot, and then we see, we then do a zoom in back towards him, and that's the only part of that, like, bit of a, a flashback that is sort of not from his perspective, but it's clearly pulling back into him. Yeah. So I think you're right. It's, it's him remembering what he, he, it's, again, the trigger is, you're one murder with any panache at all, and you stole the whole idea from me, and, and then we cut to... Yes, this is this is the thing. I, and I feel like it's also a really lovely five seconds of just how simple he is because what I what I feel like Ryan Johnson is trying to communicate is you stole the whole idea from me, and then Simpleton just thinks, "Yep, this is what I did." <laughs> yeah. But also, I'm I'm Simpleton, man. So it's gonna it's gonna have this huge bombastic
1: score. Benoit Blanc has kind of finished with this murder. He's like, "You just stole it from me." That's the, and then obviously Miles yeah. is remembering it in a in a more dramatic manner um yeah and then obviously lionel is like you know you kept the envelope
0: (laughs) oh i mean yeah Yeah. i will say before we move on to lionel's bit at second 32 so this is right when um uh it's right after jackass we cut to miles and we have this lovely tight shot on head and shoulders of uh, miles and he's been, he's pretty flat faced because he's been like basically slammed with insult after insult, as you were pointing out. But then after Jackass, we cut to him and then he gets this lovely half sm- smirk um, and then it drops. And then, then we go back to your one murder with Andy Panache at all. And this is where Benoit's got his like rigid rage hand going. But I really, really enjoy that half smile because it- it's not just that he's being called an idiot, it's like. Benoit Blanc is like I thought
1: of this you couldn't even think of this like he's he's giving him the evidence obviously no one else was in that room but between the two of them he knows yeah. he's like I'm the one who said this and this is what I said and now you've just basically gone and done it and like you know it was a stupid thing to try and do you know and and I think it's it's funny because like You know, there's no way for him to kind of back that up. And, you know, that will become a bigger issue in the next few minutes um, of things not being able to be backed up. But, like, it's this thing of, like, with Miles Braun, it does seem like, you know, the same thing happened with the trial. Like, there was stuff that people said and the same thing obviously happened with the napkin. Like, there are things that basically would prove Miles is an idiot. And, you know, at this moment in time, Benoit Blanc can only say, look, I told you to do this and you went and did it. And you're an idiot yeah. for doing it because, like, you know, there's, there's what is what is the end like? What's the end goal here? Like, you're still on an island with these people, so, you know, what's the next step? And obviously, like you say, Miles just has this kind of blank face. I mean, Edward Norton has done a lot of like very expressive facial acting throughout the entire of this film, and and oh, and good. I think I think the thing is. This is kind of one of the things where it's like, you know, this is why you have Edward Norton in your film is because he can kind of do like so much with his face and kind of in the and and as these revelations are coming out, like what you're getting from Miles for the moment, obviously, in the next few minutes, it's going to get a bit more, you know, he's going to be taking some actions. But yeah, for the moment, it's just literally all facial stuff where he's just like. You know he's got the the world's most what did he say preeminent but he didn't say preeminent uh, yeah. detective here so what did he expect
0: yeah like it's not just he goes like stoic or like flat face right he goes into a bit of a concentrated look and through most of the revelations of the previous minute right he he'd be like surprised he was he just clearly was tr- th- wheels were turning however quickly and I think um, yeah and I think that's exactly what happens here is that he's He reacts to the the this lamb basting, and then um, and then and then we don't see him again. But we do see that he's gone into like okay, something something seems to be brewing. And then um, and then we've got a lot of time (laughs) uh, in this minute, right? Because that's the the rest of this minute is more recap stuff and more you you know um, just exasperated. Benoit which allows him to to think when um like Edward Norton
1: was in Fight Club that's like I don't know
0: nearly 25 years ago (laughs) so oh good
1: yeah so if we're assuming that we're assuming that that picture is meant to be kind of accurate to when Edward Norton was kind of like I don't know 30 or whatever he was around that time it's funny that like Miles Braun has got this poster of himself up that is a younger version that clearly there's no like I'm sure Edward Norton is in very good shape because you know he's an actor and You know, between acting, I'm sure he can go to the gym every single day and keep himself in good shape. And, you know, but um, I think it's funny that it's like, that's clearly like an idealized version of himself now. Like, that isn't how he Mm -hmm. looks today. (laughs) So it's like, here is this painting that's going to be kind of a permanent idea of what you think of when you think of Miles Braun. And it's basically a a picture of like a 20-something-year-old man who's like extremely ripped. Um, And I think it's funny because like that, you know, to us, knowing that it it look it looks like Edward Norton in Fight Club, it's like oh yeah, that's you know when you think of Edward Norton, you kind of think of that, you know, or Incredible Hulk. He was in, he was still in good shape in Incredible Hulk, and that was like a decade later. So you know, it's like yeah, you know, he's in he's in good shape, but it's like there's no way Mars Braun looks like the twenty year old. Yeah, he, like he doesn't look like that. So yeah, it's kind of telling that like he's been like yeah, paint paint a portrait of me, but then also. You know, take 20, 30 years off and make it it look very useful.
0: sculpt me and de-age me. Despite the fact that the Mona Lisa is in the room. (laughs) That's my favorite piece of art in in the room for this movie. And it's also, I think, just by its nature, really recognizably both when it's in the background and what it is, that it's this, like, idealized Edward Norton. So, like you're just you're just constantly reminded of the, of this little nugget of his insane ego. I mean, when you say I mean, like when you say like
1: the Mona Lisa is in that room, it just makes mm-hmm. me think of pop star never stop never stopping where they have that song uh, Mona Lisa you're an overrated piece of shit which, <laughs> which is just right. So, yeah. Nice. It's it, like it's kind of funny that like, you know, there's a I mean, I'm sure people can find it on YouTube, but there's a very interesting video about how like the Mona Lisa was like a minor painting for a number of years and it was only when it was stolen and then, mm. like, had to be found that, like, the security was upped and it became, like, a more focal point of, you know, the, you know, like... Like, up until that point, it was just, like, you know, people knew it, but it wasn't, you know, super known. But then somebody stole it and then when it was retrieved, it's like, oh, yeah, now it's suddenly this special painting that needs this attention. And... Interesting. Yeah, so, it, yeah, there's... I can't remember what the if you I'm sure if you look up like why the Mona Lisa is overrated or something I think is the name of the video if you look that up on uh, online you I'm sure you'll find it I think it was Vox that did it before they got rid of all their good mm. staff who did like interesting articles and stuff so
0: you're you're dumb as bricks yeah. and the thing that you're trying to be is just not who you are
1: but I think it's also interesting that like each of the disruptors is like we say there is a like. You can go from Duke clearly being the dumbest and being nothing but muscle. Obviously, Dave Batista is cast mm-hmm. in that role for that purpose. And then Birdie is, again, super dumb and nothing but her looks. Mm-hmm. And then you have at the other end, you know, Lionel, who's very quiet, but clearly is the more intelligent one. He's the one who's like, you know, don't do this. And again, even further past that, you have Andy, who clearly was like, don't do this thing. It is stupid. Yeah. And then kind of you've got Claire, who you know, she's kind of in the middle. I don't know how clever she yeah. is or, you know, but, like, she's not she's not like Birdie relying on her looks and she's not like Lionel relying on his brain. She's kind of just in the middle there. So I, I think, it's, you, know, you know, like, some people have said there's absolutely no way these people would be friends because they're all so
0: completely different. I think the point is that they're all kind of lost souls yeah. that got the right support.
1: Obviously, very quickly, introduce us to everybody in the film, but also to mm. lay out... How clever they like are, the, like Duke is easily the dumbest fair. because his mom has to solve all the puzzles,
0: Bird, Yeah, or his mom's the smartest, well
1: yes, yeah, um, and but Birdie is the second dumbest because she doesn 't contribute anything to the puzzles aside from repeating what other people are saying, and then the next most intelligent is Claire and her husband because they actually solve <laughs> some of the puzzles. And then, like, the one who actually solves the most puzzles that we see on screen is Lionel. Yeah. So, obviously, he's the most intelligent of them all.
0: And you are as as clearly shallow as um, Miles. Then, like, that's how you're going to be judging people. You're going to be real enamored with both of yeah. them. Yeah,
1: and I, and I think, obviously, that, like, you know, he's, he's... Like, the whole thing with the, you know, sweatshop and stuff, he's a bit of... It feels like a bit of, like, tough love from Miles, but... It, you know feels slightly out of character because i don't think he would throw birdie under the bus but again it's just to preserve himself like it's
0: just stupid thinking like potentially smartest man in the room who is a disruptor uh that is alive an actual disruptor um we end the minute with to be honest a very smart observation which is of course and after all that you still kept the envelope (laughs) (laughs) yeah uh it's this like the, the the way it's performed is like a First of all, the shot is him at kind of a forty-five degree, and he does this like short um nod, and then very incredulously, and after all that, you still kept the envelope, and there's like a nodding, like you really did this. You like the nodding is such a well um done choice because it's so obviously incredulous, like and you really did it. Nod, nod, nod. This was the choice you consciously made. (laughs) What? <laughs> yeah, uh, and it's a great way to end an episode, I think.
1: Yeah, and and obviously we'll talk about it more in the next the next minute because obviously it continue, it continues with some more thoughts as to yeah. what he should have done. But yeah, the, like Miles isn't isn't thinking that far ahead. And I think the funny thing is, if you you know if you remember back to the faxes from the first few minutes, some of those faxes are li- like you know they they're like oh we made money off like this thing oh, or fax. that thing, but a lot of the faxes are just. Single thoughts that have no second. Like, there's nothing that you could follow follow on. Yeah, it's like. It's just like. It's just like a. You know, a a fax comes through. It's got a stupid phrase on it, but there's no. There's no further explanation, and because that plays into the mystique of like Miles being a genius, you know, which I think is kind of something that probably came about by accident. Like he probably sent a fax, and maybe he hadn't finished writing something down, but like it went through, yeah. and somebody saw it, and someone actually managed to do something with it. That he's like, okay, this is that I'm a genius. This is how it works.
0: Well, also, just I think it's so telling that this insane contrivance. He sees it as once it worked, presumably right. He sees that well, this is part of my mythos. So I have to keep it up. Yeah. I just have to... And so I'm just going to fax things all the time, and then shotgun approach, some of them might hit, right? You you would have to be extremely eccentric to actually continue this, and he has no... Like, the rest of him is not that type of, of eccentricity, right? His type of eccentricity is grandiose buildings and the glass onion and the dumb car and the silly paintings that are made bespokely for him. Yeah. So the idea that it's, like, so clear that, like, as you say, this might have just happened once, and now he's like, well... People think I'm quirky and, like, eccentric as a genius, so there's no way I can stop faxing. I, like, I don't think at some point he would have moved on if it wasn't for the fact that this was, like, one of his, like, known billionaire traits. Yeah,
1: well, I, I think it's also the fact that you have the board at the start, like, challenging Lionel, being like, what, like, this is insanity, why are we running things like this? And Lionel kind of backing him up and being like, well, you know, this idea doesn't work. But we did have that one fax where it did work. (laughs) And then we did make some money and it paid for all this building. And so that so like if it happened once, then, you know, like everyone's not going to get it right every time. But yeah, you know, like and it's funny because some of that plays into, uh, you know, again, it's it's not strictly about him, but like there's some stuff that Elon Musk did. Where it, like there's a there was a I can't there was like a podcast and I can't even remember what it was where they were discussing how he ended up like he's obsessed with it like having X and he already had a website called X.com and it merged mm. into PayPal and then PayPal was bought out by eBay and it's like yeah so that one hit of a site that was bought out by someone else who was more successful and was sold to someone else who was more successful like that means that people think, oh, this guy was a genius because he did this and it led to him making billions. Yeah. But it's more of just a chance thing. And I think that's the same with Miles. Like, he sent maybe two or three faxes and one of them turned out to be a great idea. And so, like, yeah. okay, you know, <laughs> but the company was already established. It was already established by Andy and Miles. Alpha already existed, but he started sending faxes. And it's like that became you know, uh, the thing that then he becomes known for, um, you know. In a similar way, there was another super rich guy who thought that he was better than everyone else and so decided he would just eat a vegan diet and that would cure his cancer. And what happened to him? He died. So, like, the fact that billion billionaires have that kind of ego where they do something and it works and so they keep doing that thing, thinking it will work again... You know, in the end,
0: it can. In- yeah, when that's not how things like they—they they call things lightning in a bottle for a reason. Yeah, yeah. How stupid he is in the next minute because
1: because it yeah. doesn't get more intelligent from here from here on out. Um,
0: you know, he's such a great character. I i have to I have to say this one before we wrap up. Um, which is first time I watched this, I don't think the movie, I don't think had a good appreciation for what a great villain he is. Because I didn't quite track how strong the theme of um, the Peter Principle, for example, a way way of describing it, is the heart of the film. And so it took, like, I really liked the film, uh, and I didn't get it as much. And actually going through these these discussions and stuff, I realized, like, just that and just being able to, like, watch Edward Norton in these non vocal parts of his acting being so great. That I just really, I th- I'm a bigger fan of Miles as a character, not as a person.
1: And I, and I think the thing is as well as uh, you know, Edward Norton, like from his first role, has been so good, like from Primal Fear. Oh, God, yes. On like Primal Fear's
0: amazing. Oh, it's a great yeah. film. I love that film.
1: Um. I had someone at work who like stopped watching like 15 minutes before the end and I was like you're insane you've missed basically the best part of Edward Norton's acting in the, that entire you've missed film. the movie you yeah. don't understand the movie <laughs> yeah they were like oh i didn't like it and I was like you've got well watch the end where it actually beca- like changes the whole context of the film uh, but yeah so he's you know he's so good i think a lot of people just kind of like you know he's just a bit underrated because it's like he he is so good with the expressions and stuff like that and then you know it's, what's really weird is, like, his, his directing debut, which I watched the other day because I'm a fan, uh, is, like, him playing a priest in a romantic comedy with Jenna Elfman and Ben Stiller called uh, Keeping the Faith. And uh, it literally... He directed that? Yeah, he directed it. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's what? a weird choice. And then he didn't direct another film until, like... Um, that one he did, like, a couple of years ago, Motherless Brooklyn. It was, like, 20 years between him directing films. I mean, I kind of get it. Yeah, yeah. But um, but I think it's funny that, like, there was a... Like, when he started, he, there was a point where he was... he Like, he did so many kind of different roles. And obviously, American History X, Fight Club, you know. That's that's what you call yeah. a great 12 months in cinema because, you know, he's amazing in both of those. Um, but, like, it, it's easy to just kind of see him, at, like, as he's just such a good actor that it is kind of hard sometimes to be like, oh, I understand what he's doing, because it just seems so natural. And then in this film, there's, like you say, there's, like, so many minutes where, you know, obviously I'm, you know, sticking all the the pictures up on Facebook for the different minutes, and there's so many great, like, Mm. Edward Norton facial expressions, like, in particular when he's, like, with a whiskey and he's being watched by duke and he's just making this like a really weird, weird face like and like every single like that you know when he sees andy for the first time and his face like kind of drops like and he literally drops the guitar that he was playing at the same time like you know mm-hmm. such, such good stuff but um thanks
0: naren for joining us on tuesday yeah yeah that's Um, do you have any plugs you want to share with us Um, uh, you know episodes will resume
1: uh, on T Hanks for the memory which was you know inspired by me watching the money pit one night and being like I think it'd be fun to talk about Tom Hanks's film career but also I think I've got a very funny name for the podcast um which it's a very yeah which uh somebody else kind of attempted the same thing a few years ago but uh, they gave up halfway through where they called it t hanksgiving and i was like yeah that's that's uh-huh. kind of okay but it, you know only really works for
0: i don't know two weeks of the year when people think about thanksgiving I say, that's quite a i mean you're setting yourself up for a an annual podcast <laughs> yeah for Probably ever Well
1: I th- I think they just Covered it You know um, In chronological In fact I don't think They went in chronological order Don't search for that podcast Search for my podcast Which is <laughs> T-Hanks and Memories Or just search for my name And you'll find A number of different podcasts uh, Where I've either been the guest, or I'm basically because I'm paying for the host, and I show up for a lot of different podcasts where I'm not the host or the guest, uh, but I'm the one who's you know funding it.
0: Fair enough. Um, we're at Glass Onion Min on said Hellscape, but we're also on Instagram at Benoit Blank Minute, and if you're on Threads, you could reach us at Threads.net/slash at Benoit Blank. Minute. That's what we call future proofing
1: um, for future min- <laughs> for future projects <laughs> about this. Great. We've changed the name so things will be easier to find in future.
0: But you, you mean, we don't, you don't want to be at, have separate social handles for each individual title? Uh, well, you know, <laughs> no. Uh, I only, do you know what? I only. A true story,
1: I only had to start the Twitter for this one with Glass Onion Min because, for some reason, Knives that Minute was banned on Twitter. And I tried appealing and I have no idea what I did wrong. I, I wasn't oh. even posting at the time. I was basically a dormant account and they just blocked me. And they did do that with three or four of my other Twitter handles for other podcasts. And I'm like, okay, then I just won't bother trying to appeal. <laughs> I'm done with that platform.
0: Listeners, please rate, review, uh, subscribe on your podcatcher of choice. Um, uh, if you could also, um, you know that ex of yours who you still kind of get along with and check in with every couple of years? Just... Send them a link with your favorite episode of Last Onion Min. Doesn't have to be this one. Doesn't have to be one with Darren or myself on, but just, you know, hey, check this thing out. I think you would enjoy it. Um, and that'll do us for today. You will all hear us tomorrow. I'm, yes, th- thanks for listening. Thanks, Darren, for joining us. I've been Adil. You've been. And I've been the editor. Yeah. <laughs>